1: she was the to
2: Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer. So you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. And now here's your host, Patrick Beeman. Today's
1: podcast is sponsored by Audible. You can get a free copy of Adelaide Adesina's How to Prepare for the Medical Boards with your free Audible trial. Just head to insidetheboards.com. Slash audible for details. Adelake Adesina is the author of How to Prepare for the Medical Boards and the founder of Smash USMLE, as well as a MedEd YouTube sensation. His FTP lectures have had over 7 million views. In part one of our interview with him, he offers some advice on how to approach Board exams, whether it's the Comlex, USMLE, or a shelf exam. And in part two, dives a little bit deeper into the Smash USMLE platform. In conjunction with this interview, Adeleke has offered listeners a one month free trial of their Step One QBank. So you can head over to Inside the Boards slash episode 022. For details, to grab the link and your free trial of the SMASH USMLE program. This is part two of our interview with Dr. Adelaike Adesina from SMASH USMLE. In this episode, he discusses a little bit more about the platform that he created to help students prepare for step one, step two of the USMLE and level one and two of the Comlex as well as the video lectures that have proved to be a wild success on YouTube. I'm going to be taking probably two weeks between this episode and another one. Just a fair warning to you guys. In the meantime, please check out our previous episodes and tell your friends about the podcast, especially the Step 1 Review Series we're going to be launching around the beginning of March, and in the next episode, I will give you a few more details about this. What led you then to start doing your own thing to help others prepare for the boards?
0: So this is our story about Smash USMLE. I was a second year medical student. I remember we were having like a small group session with my friends, and we're studying, and I noticed like everybody was trying to explain the concept, but... We couldn't connect the dots together. Like we learn physiology, and then we learn, you know, biochemistry, and then we learn anatomy. And I not, we couldn't put it all together. And I said, you know, this, this, you know, the human body is just one body. And I know that we learn things in medical schools, and now they change the curriculum to a little more integrated format. But back in my days you know the numerous subjects and nobody put it together and it was very frustrating for me so i was in my apartment one day and i think i remember it was sepsis and you know i'm learning about sepsis and i realized that i learned about acute inflammation in pathology and they're talking about how, you know, there's margination, there's this, uh, you know, leukocytosis whereby the neutrophils are basically rolling and attaching to these adhesion like, molecules. And I said, okay, well, so what's the whole point of that? And I learned, okay, well, there's some, you know, visodilation, histamine release. That's these interleukins. And there's fluid leaking out of the interstitial space. And then we learned in micro, I remember back then we learned about E. coli. He's got his endotoxin. And I said, wait a minute so what you're trying to tell is the microcomponent of sepsis combined with the pathologic component. And also we had learned about obviously capillary leakage, hydrostatic pressures in physiology, right? So I'm putting it together one piece at a time. I say, okay, I learned about hydrostatic pressure and oncotic pressure in physiology. We learn about acute inflammation in pathology, how this, you know, uh neutrophils migrate to go into the tissues to attack the bacteria but then we learn about endotoxin like lipid you know lipid a out of you know you know the ground we learn about the cell walls just in micro so i said okay and then they talk about endotoxin and shock so by the time i of flipped it over and got the pathophysiology of the disease i said wait a minute so you were telling me basically a patient that has a simple pneumonia or urinary tract infection, has E. coli, for example, in the bladder, they got a cystitis, right? You know, they got an acute inflammatory process going on. They develop yeah. pyelonephritis in the process. Now we learn that anatomical portion of it, in the beginning of the anatomy, when we learn about the bladder, you know, the ureters and the, you know, the renal arteries. and say, you're telling me, if this bacteria walks away through the ureters, Cause an infection in the kidney can diffuse easily into the renal artery. Now we got a systemic vasodilation. We got sepsis. We got a bacteria inside the bloodstream. This cascade of immunologic process happens where you have all these neutrophils coming in, sending all their, you know, uh, the oxygen myeloperoxidase pathway that Goya was talking about. And I said, oh, so that's how that works using the oxygen myeloperoxidase pathway, meaning that. Wow, that is how they're attacking the bacteria. The process of destroying those bacteria causes a ma- massive systemic inflammatory response syndrome, and that we eventually lead to sepsis when you have a source of infection, just made sense. And I said, Really? That was the whole point of that? Somebody that told me that at the beginning.
1: Yeah, so, why don't they teach it that way?
0: Exactly. So I was kind of, that that was my eureka moment because I literally had to go and pull out my immunology book. My path book, my anatomy book, and put it into one stack. And I said, why don't we tell the story from the end and bring it back to the beginning? And you can now understand the main reason. It's kind of like, why are we learning this? So that was the driving force. And I said, well, if I can understand just, just this is sepsis, can I apply that to every single subject? And that's how Smash 3SML was born. Actually, the Future Teaching Physician was born. I started my first video on YouTube about six years ago, and it was on the portal, on portal hypertension. And, you know, I talked about the anatomic component of it, and, it went and eventually finished the entire lecture series, and people really loved it. The students like, we love the way you put it together. It's almost like, if I was a fifth grader, I can understand this. But it's because in medical schools every professor has a phd or an md and they teach them what they specialize in so once they walk out of the classroom it's up to you to put it together uh, so that's how we started the company and that's how i started making these videos and in the last six years we've hit about 7.3 million views on youtube uh, just from the success of this medical education videos and students really enjoyed it, and they asked for more and that's when we started our own question Bank company. We started our own videos because you know, I literally had to go through the entire textbook. I'm talking about multiple different books to explain one disease process. and students finally made sense out of it, and they spend less time studying in class, rather than spending three hours reading a 300 slide PowerPoint, in 30 minutes, everything can be explained in 30 minutes or less. Uh, and that's how Smash USMLE has been different from every other review program out there.
1: Are your lectures still available on YouTube? Yes, we have actually about uh, over 100
0: videos plus on YouTube mixed with some you know advice also for the student has advice, so both clinical and non-clinical content, yes.
1: Are the videos that, that are on the Smash USMLE platform of a different uh, quality or Do they have more kind of content in them compared to what's on YouTube?
0: Yes and no. So the quality is definitely better, you know, they're much even higher definition. Also, some of the videos on YouTube are not completed. So you might only get maybe like the first 25 minutes and the other 15 minutes might not be on YouTube. So you have to come on the website to actually watch the whole video. For example, you might learn hyperkalemia and all the causes of hyperkalemia. But when it comes to disease management and treatment, you have to watch the rest of the video on smashusmle.com.
1: Okay, that makes sense. So there's a lot of free content on, on there that you guys are offering. And apparently people are consuming with over 7 million views. But then you also have uh, the premium content on smashusmle.com, along with a bank, right? Uh, yes. For both step one and step two, Correct. Correct. How many questions are in each of those QBanks?
0: There's about 2,300 questions for our Step 1 QBank, and for our Step 2 QBank, there's 1,900 questions.
1: This is always the question that I always get the same response to, but who should use Smash USMLE? Everyone can use Smash USMLE if you're... Yeah, if you're... That's, what everyone, <laughs> that's what we always get, But but really drill down for us. Who... What type of students has found the most success in their education using your content and your products? That's a great question. So I get calls
0: from all over the country uh, regarding our product. And uh, I've had people or, you know, older students who feel like they're struggling in class to learn the material because of the way they've been presented. And they have difficulty grasping the content just because I mean, think about it, the second year medical student, the first time you're hearing the word acute myelogenous leukemia, you've never heard that word in your life. And then you have to master all the content behind it. So just understanding the terminology is already frustrating. Students that have trouble really mastering content in medical school really benefit a lot from our program. If also, you know, students that are a little bit weaker in some subjects that they're struggling with, they really, uh, they find it very, very helpful for them to be able to understand it. Uh, Also, students that have trouble reading textbooks, so, like, everybody reads textbooks, right? But not everybody understands what they're reading. And that's what we found out, that, you know, the people writing the textbooks have PhD knowledge or MD-PhD knowledge. And they write a certain level of uh, of mastery. But when you have a, a newbie who's reading your textbook, you have to come down to their level. And, you know, being a first or second year medical student, you're not there yet you don't have that clinical knowledge content. So our videos really help simplify for those people who are constantly highlighting all the entire textbook from cover to cover and they don't retain anything. Uh, also, students that love mnemonics and uh visual learners that they can, they, when they watch how things have been hand-drawn on the board, it lets the memory stick. Uh, they are some of the students that really benefit a lot uh, from our program also. Uh, even the strong students that you know already good at what they do, and they just want to find a better way of learning what they already know in uh, a more in-depth knowledge, also do
1: benefit. Sure. So, when I give advice to people, when they ask what question bank should I use, I've worked with three question banks over the years, and was even the director of of content for one of them for about four years, and. Still, my my response would be a little bit nuanced because there's a reason that UWorld has something like 90% of the market share for a question bank. It's because what they do is is done extremely well. So I think USMLE World should be a part of a lot of people's preparation for their board exams. But Emily World doesn't have as much questions, I think, as people need to cover content both for their board exams as well as during their classwork, as first and second years say. And this is one thing that I wish I had done when I was preparing for step one. That I could have used a question bank to prepare and study for my microbiology and immunology, for my, you know, cardiology section of our organ systems block, um, et cetera, et cetera. So let me ask you this: if, if you have to give a lecture nowadays, you still use a whiteboard, or do you use PowerPoint or something like that?
0: No, I still use a whiteboard.
1: Have you ever had to do a PowerPoint? <laughs> I've had to do one and it was terrible, hard. right? <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I much prefer a lecture uh, style that uh, is a little more primitive, but um, I also think it forces you to kind of really pay attention and learn as well. And maybe that's why so many people have, have gone and viewed your lectures. Of all the lectures you've done, um, which one are you most proud of? What is the one that you're just like, man, I killed it on that one. Like that's my favorite one to give that's the one that people really like. My favorite lecture is actually
0: my heart sound video.
1: Okay, we'll link to that in the show notes. So, Well,
0: it was kind of the most practical in terms of as a, uh, as a physician or a medical center, medical professional because I remember when I was a second year and we had an OSCE lab yeah. where we had to go and listen to heart sound. And I remember my professor used to play these little things and we had to listen and discern uh, what we were listening to it. And I found out it was really hard for people to understand what they're listening to. It, it's really difficult to, to pick out, is this mitral stenosis or, you know, mitral regurgitation or tricuspid regurgitation or aortic stenosis. And obviously it comes with practice. So, but, so I made this video during my cardiology rotation. Coming off the rotation, I literally made the video uh, talked about just the basics. You know, a lot of people want to know all this fancy exotic, you know, a hard sound, an ASD, you know, like a fixed split sound. And, you know, but what about knowing what an S1 and an S2 just sounds like, you know? Uh, and maybe add S3 and 4, you know, just the basic of that. So I made that video to getting close to a million views right now on YouTube. Um, and it's one of the top videos. And I'm very proud of it because I, I show people how to just, just listen to the basic art sound, know what is And just using your stethoscope. Without anything fancy. So, and your fingers. That, that was fun.
1: I'll have to check that one out. It's been a while since I thought about heart sounds. I mean, now if it's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, if, I, if it doesn't sound like lub dub, lub dub. And I'm like, oh, they, they. call cardiology. Uh, yeah, call cardiology <laughs> for a uh, complete workup. Spare no expense. <laughs> All right. Well, I know uh, you have to go shortly here, but thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having
0: me, too, uh, Patrick. It's been a pleasure. So, definitely, I would love to come back and we can have this session again and give something good to the students to learn and know what's inside the board.
1: I like it. Thank you. Music for this episode is from forgive Durden's razia's shadow the tune is life is looking up as i mentioned before if you have artists that you like please send us your suggestions to info at insidetheboards.com and i will see about featuring your favorite bands or artists on the show as pop music as always Thank you so much for listening and supporting our sponsors.
2: Inside the Boards is in no way affiliated with the United States Medical Licensing Examination, Comprehensive Osteopathic Medical License Examination, National Board of Medical Examiners, the National Council of State Boards of Nursing, National Board of Osteopathic Medical Examiners, or any other licensing or examination body. All exam names and other trademarks are the property of the respective trademark owners. Content discussed during the program is the property of Inside the Boards, or the attributed trademark owner, and may not be reproduced without permission from the appropriate entity. Inside the Boards fully adheres to the respective policies on irregular behavior outlined by the aforementioned credentialing bodies.